Merry Christmas. You're listening to the Word of Life AG podcast. This week, Pastor Tom Wood brought us a special message during our Christmas Eve services. Let's check it out. That was great. I love that video. I've seen it a few times now, and it always gets me. I really love the way the kids did that. But um, there's been some exciting things that we've been a part of here at the church for the last month or so. Um, we put in front of the church that we wanted to uh, do some big local outreach initiatives and get behind people in this you know, season that is often called a season of generosity and to really invite the church to get behind some local initiatives. And a lot of the times that the missions organizations and the ways that we help around the world is international things that we're a part of. And I'm glad that we do that. We're certainly gonna continue doing that. But for this Christmas season, we wanted to put it in front of the church that we wanted to do something for our neighborhood and people in Baldwinsville and the greater Syracuse area and our neighbors and people in our you know, direct zip code. And uh, so we partnered with a number of really great organizations and the church really stepped up and helped in some magnificent ways. So I wanted to give you a couple of updates just to encourage you in the different ways that Word of Life has been able to be a blessing to the community over the last month or so. Uh, we uh, partnered with an organization called Peace. And Peace, they uh, have angels that hang on trees and it's got the names of kids and gifts that they need. And this time of year, for whatever reason, families are struggling. And so they came and asked for help for us to be able to give some Christmas gifts to kids. And I'm pleased to let you know that there are 30 kids that we were able to help and get behind so they can have a great Christmas this year and give some extra help to some families. We also worked with an organization called Self Direct, and they work with people that maybe have uh, dementia or brain injuries or some kind of brain trauma. And there are over 50 gifts that we were able to give with people that they're working with. We also partner with an organization called Teen Mops that helps uh, single moms, the teenage single moms, as they're trying to build their lives and trying to bravely put one foot in front of the other and figure out how to build their life into adulthood as well as take care of little ones. They're going to be having a party in Jan- January, and the amount of stuff we've been able to get together to be able to help them as they need um, you know, different supplies and things to start getting a home figured out. And there are 21 young ladies that we've been able to work with. We also work with 991, well-known organization in our church, uh, Annie Bullard, who's a great member of of our staff heads that up, and uh, they go into some extremely dark places, and they bring the light of Jesus. And this year, we're, they were invited to come and lead our Christmas carols at their staff Christmas party. And that is a very dark, gloomy place in Syracuse, but we were invited to go and lead worship there. Isn't it wonderful that we're able to go and lead worship in a place you would never expect the name of Jesus to be lifted up? And then uh, Megan and I, we got... Um, we, came to our attention that one of the elementary schools in Baldwinsville, they needed supplies, they needed coats and hats and boots and all sorts of other things. And the church was able to get together and be able to get all these supplies that we were able to drop off at the school. And so that is a massive way that you as the church have been blessing this community. So can we please just show some appreciation to one another and celebrate (laughs) the great things happen this Christmas in the community because of your kindness. Now I'm sure I'm not the only one here, but I love Christmas. There's so much fun stuff that goes into this season. I'm glad that we've made coming to church a priority that we're remembering what started Christmas and why 2,000 years later, it's still a holiday that's celebrated by countless people across the world. The word holiday itself is rooted in the term holy day. In the Bible and historically, the purpose of a holiday or holy day wasn't simply to party and celebrate, though that has certainly always been a part of it, but primarily the purpose has been to remember. The purpose of a holiday or a holy day has been to commemorate something. The party and celebration remains a massive part of Christmas. All of us here have been rushing around this week. We've all been eagerly checking to see which packages have or haven't arrived yet. 
We've made our shopping list and made sure we don't need to make a last minute emergency stop at the store. We confirmed our plans with family and we've spent weeks preparing. And in the middle of the busyness, have we stopped? Have we taken the time to remember? Of course, we're all here in church tonight, hopefully to remember why we're all celebrating. But what about a few minutes just by yourself? Just quietly contemplating why the baby in a manger 2,000 years ago is still talked about today. Is the meaning and significance of Jesus being born something that's discussed at Christmas dinner. Now, I'm not a Scrooge. I love all the things that make Christmas a wonderful time. But have I taken the time to reflect on how important this all is? As a pastor, it might be assumed that, of course, I've taken the time to reflect and ponder the importance of Christmas. But I promise that I can get as caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season as much as anyone else. So I'm taking this challenge to heart as much as anybody. Throughout the Bible, there are many festivals and holy days that are celebrated and honored and recognized. And the purpose was to remember and to cause God's people to reflect. Some instructions around one of the holy days we can see in Exodus 13, and this gives us something to think about. Exodus 13, verse 8. On the seventh day, talking about the seventh day of the festival, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. This annual festival will be a visible sign to you. And in the future, your children will ask you, what does all this mean? Then you will tell them, with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of slavery. A holiday is pointing back to something that happened in the past. The holiday we just read about was pointing back to something that happened in the past. And the expectation is that by pointing back to the past, we can approach the future differently. Consequently, Christmas is a time to reflect and remember. Christmas is a time to reflect and remember. What are we remembering? What are we reflecting upon? Well, every year we tell and retell the story around the birth of Jesus. By reflecting and remembering the story of how the Son of God was born, it's life-changing. Just a few weeks ago here at the church on a Sunday morning, I shared a message that looked at the idea of hope, peace, and joy, and that these words are commonly seen around Christmas time. If you've got a Christmas card, there's a really good chance that somewhere on this Christmas card it will say hope, peace, or joy. I took the kids a few weeks ago to Lights on the Lake. Anybody go to Lights on the Lake this year? It was awesome. But we went to Lights on the Lake, and I wish I would have counted how many times I saw the words illuminated, peace, hope, and joy. They're everywhere at Christmas time. And yet they're everywhere so often, it's so common to see those, I wonder if they've just become buzzwords, if they've just become cliches, if they just fade to the background. Think of all the Christmas songs that have got the word peace, joy, or hope in there somewhere. Do we sing it so often, see it so often, read it so often, that it's just faded to the background? It's just blended into everything else. Has the idea of peace, hope, and joy failed to stand out to us? My friends, if we remember and we reflect this Christmas season, I believe that we can see that that baby in the manger should give us cause for peace, joy, and hope. Because Jesus was born, we have hope. Matthew 12, 21, his name will be the hope of the world. Hope is simply believing that the future can be better than it is now. When we commit to follow God, we find our hope in God's promises. The birth of Jesus was an incredible display of God fulfilling his promises, promises that he'd made hundreds of years earlier. To hear the story of Jesus' birth or to see a display depicting the nativity, the simple response to those reminders is that God keeps his promises. Every time we hear the story of the birth of Jesus, it should act as a reminder to us that God is faithful to his promises. God making and keeping his promises is the cause of hope. Second thing I want to say to you, 
Because Jesus was born, we experience joy. Because Jesus was born, we experience joy. We heard from the Christmas story that the kids read on the video a few moments ago, that when the shepherds found the baby lying in the manger, covered in cloth, just like they'd been told by the angels, when they saw that this is in fact what had happened, the response was joy. Similarly, when the wise men are looking for the baby and they see the star, the Bible tells us that they were, over, they were filled with joy. Joy was the response of both the shepherds and the wise men in the story of the birth of Jesus. And I think that this is a typical response that when you see that the promises of God are being fulfilled, that prompting joy is an appropriate response. Because Jesus was born, we have joy. And the third thing, because Jesus was born, we know peace. Because Jesus was born, we know peace. The prophet Isaiah wrote this about Jesus 700 years before he was born. Isaiah 9 verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Prince of Peace, that's a heavy title to hold. That is a big responsibility to have that designation of being the Prince of Peace. But that is what the Bible tells us, who Jesus is, the Prince of Peace. The desire for peace is deep within us. This is demonstrated by a true story from World War I. World War I was unlike anything the world had ever seen. The invention of the machine gun and artillery shells changed the nature of warfare. As the British fought to defend the French border, both German and British soldiers dug huge networks of trenches that would become home for thousands of soldiers, sometimes for years. The belief was that by digging down and finding safety below ground level, soldiers would be safer and better protected against the new machine guns and artillery shells. The belief was that this was the best way to push back the enemy. The two sets of trenches were divided by a few hundred yards of no man's land. While shots were fired, artillery shells were launched, and everyone lived with the threat of receiving orders to storm the battlefield to try and push back the enemy. To storm the battlefield and cross no man's land meant facing the machine guns. Going over the top to charge no man's land was extremely dangerous, and many thousands of soldiers lost their lives following orders. Trench warfare has always been understood as a temporary measure. Everyone was expecting a quick outcome and quick recovery. No one expected the grueling stalemate that followed. The trenches were dug hastily, with little planning and limited supplies. They were wet and damp, often with water up to a soldier's knees after it rained, and the trenches very quickly became smelly, infested with rats, there was little food. People would get extremely sick. The trenches were packed with hundreds of young men terrified that they would get fatally injured or succumb to serious illness at any moment. They had all seen many of their friends and fellow soldiers struck by tragedy, and consequently, fear ruled the air. A few hundred yards away, the enemy stayed in their trench, waiting for their commanding officers to give orders to attack, while you stayed in your trench and waited for your orders to go over the top. Amidst the awful conditions, the monotony and the fear devastated the men, hungry, cold, and afraid. In winter 1914, some were trying to call for an official ceasefire for Christmas, but the military and political leaders declined to participate. But on Christmas Eve 1914, the British soldiers huddled in their trenches, trying to keep warm and certainly missing home. They could hear the sounds of the Germans celebrating Christmas together just a few hundred yards away. Both sides had reasons to be cheerful. Christmas gift packages had arrived that week, including treats and favorite foods from home. The British heard a single German soldier yell, tomorrow you no shoot, we no shoot. 
On Christmas Day, 1914, the British soldiers, shivering in their muddy, rat-infested, smelly trenches, heard the sound of singing faintly off in the distance. They listened closely and realized it was the Christmas hymn, Silent Night. As the sound got louder, they realized the words were being sung in the original German, not the newer English translation. Once the English realized the Germans had left the trenches and were wandering across no man's land in an act of peace, they reacted in kind and also ascended from the trench and went and met their mortal enemies on the battlefield. In an astounding moment, the warring nations met and in an unauthorized ceasefire, they embarked and greeted each other warmly, wishing each other a Merry Christmas or a Fru Arvin Ochten. There have been accounts of men sharing treats from the care packages they had recently received, even swapping souvenirs and supplies. The Germans and English would mingle and greet each other in an unexpected kindness. Groups would sing Christmas carols, often with the Germans singing the German words and the English singing the English words. A soccer match broke out. And though there's no official record of who won that day, it would be extremely unusual if England won a soccer match. The soldiers returned to their respective trenches and into the new year the fighting resumed and the war continued. But this moment of peace caught people's attention. The two opposed armies would cross the battlefield and celebrate Christmas in peace. It was so difficult to believe that British newspapers reported that false rumors and stories were circulating over such an impossible event. Eventually letters and even photographs such as these started to come back to England and they recorded the truce. The letters and pictures that came back to Britain confirmed that such an unimaginable thing had indeed happened. That in the middle of war, a moment of peace came at Christmas. This wasn't planned. It wasn't official or formal. It was a moment in history when the desire for peace in people's hearts was seen. The craving for peace won the day. This story is captivating. In England, it's a well-known story, if less so here in America. There are statues commemorating this moment. Books have been written about it. It's even depicted in a 1980s Paul McCartney music video. Christmas 1914. This moment is a great display of peace. It's a moving story because it showcases humanity's deep desire for peace. And it's a reminder that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, should be remembered that we should reflect and consider his birth. We should take Mary's example from the nativity account in Luke 2. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. What if we put my name, your name, instead of Mary, but Tom kept all these things in his heart and thought about them often, but you kept all these things in your heart and thought about them often. Christmas is a time to reflect and remember. By reflecting on what happened 2,000 years ago, it can change how we approach the future. Because Jesus was born, we have hope. Because Jesus was born, we experience joy. Because Jesus was born, we know peace. We should take Mary's example and keep all these things in our heart and think about them often. One of the verses I shared earlier is from the book of Exodus. It talked about the instructions around a certain holiday. I'm going to read that to you again. Exodus 13, starting verse 8. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. This annual festival will be a visible sign to you. And in the future, your children will ask you, what does all this mean? And you will tell them 
With the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. I took a few moments this past week and I adapted it for Christmas. If we were gonna take these same instructions given for another holiday, what if we took those same instructions and applied them to Christmas? Perhaps it would go something like this. On December 25th, explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I found peace, hope, and joy. Christmas will be a visible sign to you. And in the future, your children will ask you, what's the meaning of Christmas? Then you will tell them, God loves us so much that he sent his son to become humanity, born as a baby, so we can have a healed and restored relationship with him. That is the meaning of Christmas. Come on, let's take a moment together and let's pray. Lord, we want to remember you. We want to reflect on your goodness. Lord, we want to consider and, and have in our minds what that baby in a manger represents. Lord, as you broke into human history, as you took on humanity, Lord, help us never lose sight of just how wonderful a moment that was. Lord, may we reflect and may we remember the peace and the hope and the joy that comes from that. May we be like Mary and think about it often, have it at the forefront of our mind, especially at this time of year. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I don't know what brought you here tonight. Maybe you came tonight because Word of Life is your church. Or maybe you came because this is what you do annually. You come as a family to church for Christmas Eve service. But I couldn't help but as I was listening to that uh, message by Tom about thinking about peace, joy, and hope. And thinking about whether those things are present in my life and wondering what would I do if those things weren't present in my life and I just wonder if some of us here tonight would say we haven't experienced those things that we haven't experienced a relationship with Jesus and all of the things that come with that relationship with Jesus and I just want to give you an opportunity tonight to make that decision, to put Jesus number one in your life, to make him king of your life. If you've been gone, even far away from him, now's the time to get back, to come back to him. So if everybody would just close their eyes and bow their heads. I'm just gonna make my way around the room. And if that's you and you would like me to pray for you today, that you would like to make Jesus king of your life, you'd like to follow him with everything if that's you if you just raise your hand I'm gonna look over here to my right and I'm just gonna move my way across the room yeah I see you anybody else I can pray with yeah I see you if you're online with us, you can go ahead and click that raised hand button and someone online would love to pray with you. Anybody else I can pray with this evening? I'm just going to look back across the room one more time from my right and make my way to the center right now. And yeah, I see you. Over to my left. Yeah, I see you. 
First of all, can we give a hand for those who raised their hand tonight? And for those who raised their hand online tonight. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray this prayer. We're going to pray it all together. It's going to be on the screen. And you can go ahead and you can repeat it after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I want to follow you. I invite you to be Lord of my life. Help me follow you every day. I want to leave my old life of sin behind and heal my broken relationship with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.